This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen and Swifties, to episode 189 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name's Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Steve. And we have another special episode this week. Do you guys know why? We have a special episode? Yeah. Why? It's Every 189. episode should be special. Oh. It, it's probably the closest to 1989 we will ever be because I don't know how close we're going to get to 2,000 episodes. <laughs> Listeners, tell us how long it will take us to get to episode 1989. If someone's good at math. Seeing as how we've been going, what we're get, we're approaching our uh, fourth birthday in a couple months. Assuming that we do two episodes a month, how many months will it take us to get to episode one eight? No, one nine eight nine. I don't think I'd live to see the day. Well, we don't. So let's just celebrate one eighty nine, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> Sorry, were you gonna say something, Steve? I was. I was trying to do the math. Oh yes, you've seen that. Oh, this is actually an easy math problem. I just uh, realized. Roughly 70 years. Really? I believe so. No, I might not be here. <laughs> yep, maybe uh, not. Probably we not. might have to go to recording every week again. I might to, to make that number. Maybe. Daily recordings. Well, let's see. If we did uh, 1989 minus, we're at 189, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would leave us with 1,800 episodes left till we get there. Right. Divided by 365 days in a year is It would take 4. us 9. almost five years, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's worry about that another time, episode 1989. I don't we're think we're going to We're a little better at there. podcasting than we are at math, so but let's do that. Right think we got the right answer I did all right so isabella wanted to try and stump diane this week Ooh. with a little round of stump the hosts oh boy you think you're ready for it yeah let's do it all righty so isabella asks how many teen choice awards has taylor won oh my god really yes really <laughs> that's a that's an excellent question <laughs> how on does anyone have those statistics Committed to memory. Maybe they're not statistics, just those math facts committed to memory. Well, the problem with awards is the number always changes. Always change. I don't know. She has, she has got eight. No, she probably wins eight in one award. As of so. right now, it is twenty-one. 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 And for the Teen Choice Awards this year, she has a whole bunch more nominations. Where does she so. keep all those? Uh, I don't know. Are those the surfboards? <laughs> trophy room. I think so. Yeah, because for the Kids' Choice Awards, they get a blimp, right? Because it's Nickelodeon. I think teen, they get a surfboard. But I don't you know guys if they actually know something get funny? the surfboard. So. so since Diane mentioned that and asked the question, like, where does she keep all these? I, I just watched on YouTube an old uh, clip from MTV Cribs, you know, where they go through celebrities' houses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just watched the Hulk Hogan one. And he actually has a dedicated room in his mansion that has all the Hulk Hogan merch that, like, ever was. He's a wrestler, right? He was. He's retired now. But, yeah. Like but a, he has, like, even the Halloween mask of his own face. It's like, like a room for his ego. It, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. They don't build a room big enough for Adam. <laughs> 
Ouch. <laughs> I had breaks to do my it. heart. That was the funniest thing that's ever happened on this show. <laughs> Steve hurt my feelings. <laughs> Steve broke my heart. Uh, well, you st- said it was going to be a special episode. The makings of a country song right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in the Taylor news this week, Taylor Swift is nominated for nine MTV VMAs. She is nominated in the categories Video of the Year for Bad Blood, Best Female Video, Blank Space, Best Pop Video, Blank Space, Best Collaboration, Bad Blood, and in the non-voting categories, the ones you can't vote for, uh, Best Art Direction for Bad Blood, Best Direction for Bad Blood, Best Editing for Bad Blood, and Best Visual Effects for Bad Blood. Something gives me an impression MTV thinks Bad Blood is a really good music video. Yeah, just a hunch. (laughs) You can, of course, vote for those uh, voted awards at mtv.com slash on TV slash VMA. VMAs will air Sunday, August 30th at 9, 8 central. You can also sign up for email reminders from Taylor Nation, which is really kind of cool because they're giving out little voting badges. So when you vote, you get a little badge that you can share on social media. It's kind of cool. I thought it was cool. Does it have your name on it? Uh, I don't know if it has. I don't know. I voted today, but I didn't sign up for the reminders yet. So Well, the Perhaps link for that, that one is pretty complicated. So for that one, you're going to have to go to taylortalk.org slash episode 189. And we'll have it linked there for you. Unless you want to memorize taylorswift.us2.list.manage1.com slash subscribe question mark U equals. Okay, you get the idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why there's not a short link to this already. Uh, there should be, but... This is about, what, uh, 30 or 40 characters long? Maybe more it's, than that? Eh, more than that. 50 there we are with our characters. math again. Yeah. I'm not a math guy. Never was. Well, sort of. Anyway, you guys can also check out Taylor Swift's Instagram for behind-the-scenes clips of the making of the Bad Blood music video. Those videos should get you all pumped up to vote because they are so sweet. I think that's why she's releasing them, but pretty clever nonetheless oh i'm sure she's releasing them to kind of get you to be all like yes i gotta go vote for that just a little what reminder. about blank space i want that to win it's nominated for two awards it is yeah for yes. best female video that wasn't a question that was a statement i was saying it is i was oh, agreeing with you yes it is correct yeah. <laughs> i like that video better but that's just me all right guys that's more or less it for the news this week for our tour updates let's turn it over to our friend sammy from t swift on tour and see what she has to say Hey guys, it's Sammy from T-Swift on Tour. Let's flash back to the most recent shows of the 1989 World Tour and take a look at the awesome surprises Taylor had in store. On July 24th, Taylor was at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The secret song was You Belong With Me, and Taylor sang Shut Up and Dance with special guest Walk the Moon. On July 25th at Gillette Stadium, Taylor sang 15 and sang Classic with special guest MKTO. On August 1st, Taylor was in Vancouver, where she sang Sparks Fly as the secret song. Fun fact! Did you know that Sparks Fly is an old song Taylor wrote in 2006 and then reworked it and put it on Speak Now in 2010? And Taylor sang Am I Wrong with Nico and Vince. The next stop on the 1989 World Tour is Tuesday, August 4th in Edmonton, Canada. For up-to-the-minute updates, check out T-Swift on Tour on Twitter. Bye, guys. All right, thank you for that update, Sammy. Guys, if you want down-to-the-minute updates of what's going on on Taylor's tour, T-Swift on Tour on Twitter is the number one updating twitter account it's kind of cool what they do so go follow them thanks again sammy on to our main discussion onwards Hooray! Uh, 
This is a really, really special main discussion today. Why is it really, really special? I feel like I always do these lead-ins, but everyone you, knows what we're talking about already anyway, because it's in the episode title. And you, you almost always say that every episode is special. Well, they are all special. <laughs> they are all special. Um, but this discussion came at the request of, of Rachel uh, based on something significant that happened in Taylor's life recently and that she is officially a godmother of Jamie King and Kyle Newman's new baby boy, Leo. Oh. Ooh, congratulations. Congrats to Taylor. So to celebrate the occasion, Taylor posted on her Instagram a picture of baby Leo holding her finger with the intro lyrics to Never Grow Up about the little hand wrapped around the finger. Yeah. And it's so quiet in the world tonight. So in honor of that momentous occasion, we decided we were going to talk about Never Grow Up. Oh. 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 So relevant. Taylor. <laughs> it's very relevant. It, it, it is really relevant. So Taylor, of course, has what she says about it and, you know, quotes it as a song about the fact that. She doesn't quite know how she feels about growing up. Mind you, this was on Speak Now, which came out in 2010. So it is a little bit of an older song. Um, whether or not she sort of changed her motive on that is, or her, what's the word her for? perspective. Her perspective, her motivation on what, no. What are you trying to say? I never know what I'm trying to say. Usually I just ramble. But yeah, whether or not she has changed her perspective on this song is irrelevant because we're going to jump into it and analyze it in our Why own way, shape, or Why form. Why would she change her perspective on the song? You mean she because she has grown up? Oh, okay. That it's was a half different a time frame ago. in her life. Yeah, it's like other songs we've looked at where she's changed her perspective on. Um, last week we did Holy Ground and we went through what were the other ones? Remind me. Um, uh. um, uh, do you mean Last Kiss? Yes. Like the, uh, yeah. What's the first one? What did we say? Was it Forever and Always? No? But either way, we're just talking about how her perception of that particular relationship evolved over time. So that's why I'm saying that what she thinks of this song and what her impression on growing up and becoming an adult is may have changed in that time period, which is why I really like to analyze it our own way and try and figure out what it means to us and what it means in the general scheme of life and i think this is a really cool song to do that because it's one of those songs when people are like taylor only writes about her ex-boyfriends yeah <laughs> actually no 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 not true not true is it steve nope just making sure you're still on the line there buddy i'm always on the line <laughs> so um shall we jump into it then yeah Let's do it. Into the song. Um, the song as a whole to me, I think, is actually really, really cool uh, because it shows sort of a very realistic character growth. And one of Taylor's main traits is that she writes relatable music to us. And mm -hmm. I, I think it shows a realistic character growth. And in this case, I actually think it shows a bit of a loss of innocence, not in a dirty way like losing one's you know what oh, but oh, oh. um it, it's sort of ev it's sort of a loss of innocence in the sense that you have a blissful level of ignorance as a child mm -hmm. just sort of a naive outlook on the world where a lot of things don't bother you and it's you're just not aware of certain things so that's how i see the song i, I don't know if you guys see it in any different sort yeah, of way but i kind of see it the same way as you adam but more so that maybe this isn't the right phrasing but it's almost like she's 
mourning the loss of her childhood. Like she just kind of wishes that things were as easy as they were when she was a kid. Because when you grow up, you have all these responsibilities and all these people to deal with and all this stuff that you have now that you didn't when you were a child when other people were taking care of you. Right. Right. Exactly. It's sort of um, the growing up. So if we if we start into the lyrics, I don't know if Steve, if you wanted to cite the o- something about the overall meaning, if your perspective differs before we get into the lyrics. Um, no, I'm pretty much with the point of uh, how you, you you have to take it and look at it a certain way. I think um, what what I'm thinking on is ooh, that's a good time. Did you pull an atom? <laughs> I I did pull an atom, but I wasn't even interrupted. I just totally lost my train of thought. Oh well, Steve, let me. Can I can I add something? Go I ahead. don't know if this is where you were going, but I do think it's important to say what Taylor's talking about here is like the the idealized form of childhood because there are people whose parents, for some reason, don't take care of them or can't take care of them, and they don't have this like beautiful, blissful childhood you know well beautiful and blissful aside i think there's still a level of ignorance within every child and i I don't mean ignorance in the negative sense i mean just that they're unaware yeah of certain things regardless of how they're brought up yeah certain children do mature faster than others and in taylor's case she actually is one of those i mean she had a very adult career as a teenager which most don't um so yeah. I, I can see what you're talking about, where it's sort of an idealistic sort of childhood, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that 100% that okay. it's based on that. And I, th- I think it's some of the appreciation of what your childhood was that you may have not appreciated at the time. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you're young, you always want to have more responsibility and have all that stuff on top of you, but really you kind of have to really look back at it and go oh you know what this was interesting when i didn't really understand everything you know it just something so uh, that innocence is is Mm -hmm. a special moment exactly it's a special moment and it's something you don't realize you have until it's gone which of course comes up in the lyrics later so spoiler um, alert (laughs) spoiler alert since everybody (laughs) listening has never heard the song before right all right I'm sorry, Diane. I ruined it for you. Whatever. <laughs> so what do you guys think of this opening here? Your little hands wrapped around my finger and it's so quiet in the world tonight. I think it really sets the scene. It's. it's Did you steal it, that from my notes? No. Because <laughs> I said the exact I same thing. I can't read your notes. It's just a common idea, I guess. Um, just it's a very calming scene and, you know, everything is just quiet and perfect in that moment where i where i assume a small child is asleep so she doesn't really say that but well exactly it does in fact set the scene Mm -hmm. um for the rest of the song and it needs to set the scene because there's an evolution throughout the song and i think there's something really unique about the way she writes this in that every verse ends up being like a different scene sort of it's like almost like uh it's what do they call it? A time lapse of someone's life? Like a different snapshot or something? Yeah, exactly. They're different snapshots. So each verse has a point where it sets the scene, which is usually right where it opens up. And in this case, you do have 
that little baby wrapping the hand around the finger, just like in Taylor's Instagram picture. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, you know exactly where you are at that point where it goes into, you know, your little eyelids flutter because you're dreaming. So I tuck you in, turn your turn on your favorite nightlight. And I like that part because I think that part right there shows that sort of the the part where they're in that sort of age of innocence where it's like it's really important the dreaming thing because it's it's sort of saying anything's possible because that's what happens in dreams you do the impossible Mm -hmm. and going off that theory earlier with you know childhood and everything being perfect that's sort of a dream in itself yeah does that kind of make sense yeah that's perfect so where those first no, couple think... lines kind of set the scene, this more set the tone. Steve, did you you had a eh, or? Yeah, with the nightlight part because I think okay. this kind of wraps up that whole verse of you know people have nightlights because it makes them feel safe or you know it's something that they know that that's protecting you from monsters, you know, any crazy monsters and all that other mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So that kind of just kind of gives that whole feel on on this of just being a safe you know special moment here with them just dreaming and not not having a care or worry in the world Mm -hmm. exactly so steve you think that line then sort of represents like a shield that that a a child carries essentially with them their shield being their sort of um, protector naivete yeah yeah yep yeah. Exactly. Because then it, then it goes into, to you, everything's funny. You've got nothing to regret. So I think that, again, is showing that they haven't been exposed to the world or anything bad yet. Yeah, they just think everything's fine, everything's fun. Everything's perfect and happy because they have their nightlight. Yeah. It's their shield. <laughs> Makes me miss my childhood. <laughs> I, I, was just, I was just thinking about, like, did you guys ever, when you were a kid pull the blanket up over your head and it was like it didn't matter what was outside you were protected yes um i used to lie on my back with my eyes closed so i don't know i just thought like i was i thought that i was more protected if i was on my back because then i could see the whole room um if um um um, if i needed to i didn't like the covers thing weirdo i was weird (laughs) very anxious child (laughs) all right and then the first verse finishes up i'd give all i have honey if you could stay like that i think it's cool because i think the narrator of the song is is essentially wishing for the best for that little one there they're wishing they could stay in that blissful state i think they just don't want them to get hurt because it it seems like in this song taylor likens growing up to being hurt and she wants this child to be protected their whole life and not have to worry about possible regrets in the future. You know, they just she wants to keep this child in a shield their whole life. Which, of course, is impossible. I right? know. It is impossible. You can't do that. Which we can get to in the next part, which is, of course, the, the first chorus, which is, you know, oh, darling, don't you ever grow up? Don't you ever grow up? You could stay this little. Um, you know, oh, darling, don't you ever grow up? It could stay this simple. I won't let nobody hurt you, which is what you were talking about there. Won't let no one break your heart, and no one will desert you. Just try to never grow up. Yeah, so, I mean, in a way, she's almost like saying that if you don't grow up, 
you won't get hurt, you won't get your heart broken, and no one will ever leave you. But that's not really true because that stuff happens to kids all the time. It can, but at this point she's also talking to a newborn baby. Yeah. Or at least a baby of some sort, maybe not necessarily newborn. I, I keep thinking newborn because her whole association with, with her Leo. new godchild. Yeah. Um, but I'm really curious to know what you guys think of that as a, a whole and how it serves the song as a whole. Because one of the things I keep thinking, I'm having a lot of trouble figuring out what that sort of chorus means to me because it's like um, impossible. It is impossible. So what's why why is she she being the narrator? Why why is there this plea like don't grow up? Like the baby obviously has no control over I mean, that. Nobody does. But it's wishful thinking. It's just wishing that things could stay as perfect as they are right now. Um, um, and I'm you know she knows that that's not true. Like this child will grow up. Bad things will happen. But right now in this moment at night when things are quiet you know the kid's fine right steve do you have an idea of what the purpose is you know what's boggling my mind is the fact that we looked at what the secret message was and it was moved out in july and this baby came in july so it was kind of (laughs) like foreshadowing taylor wrote this song back on speak now but yet it's very relevant right now that that's still i'm trying to wrap my brain it's magic steve and if anybody's confused moved out in july is in reference to when taylor first moved into her apartment in nashville Um, yeah moved out of her parents house yeah but think about the baby being born it moved out in july (laughs) (laughs) right oh my god literally yeah oh wow Steve, let's keep it G-rated here, man. That's not Sorry. Baby. The the stork okay. delivered the baby in July. Okay, so it the moved baby moved July. out of the stork's nest in July. Jeez, Adam. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's take a look at that at that um next verse there. Like this what I was saying earlier is how each one is sort of a scene. You've got this one which is a very realistic one in my opinion for whatever reason this scene was always the one that jumped out at me. Like, it's the one verse that stands out to me most in this song. You know, and it starts in, in this part where you're in your in the car on the way to the movies, and you're mortified your mom's dropping you off. So you've got this new scene in your yeah. head. You know exactly what's happening. You've got the visual in your head. Then the next couple lines, at 14, there's just so much you can't do, and you can't wait to move out someday and call your own shots. Mm-hmm. So... In my mind, because my theory is that the song sort of shows an evolution from from being com- entirely innocent to the loss of innocence as an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first step in the evolution. It's a perceived problem. Currently at 14, this child doesn't really have a huge problem. Like, they just want to be their own person, or so they think, which later we find out. Spoiler alert again later in the song. Yeah. <laughs> they look back at it and realize it wasn't such a big problem. So, in that sense, is that line actually a little bit ironic? Because... You mean there's the, the which line at 14 is just so much you can't do and you can't wait to move out just today and call your own Just the situation, because it it's like at 14, you have a certain belief, and then when you look back on it, that belief is actually entirely wrong. It is because 
I think people have the tendency to want things that they can't have. And this teenager right now um, 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 in the song just wants to be on their own. They want to be their own boss and they don't want someone telling them what to do. But the problem is when you move out and you really are your own boss, you have to do everything. So that's scary. So it's just like this teenager doesn't quite understand the gravity of what they want. But but isn't that normally about what happens in your teenage years? Yeah. I think a big part of that is you finally get to the point that you find out that your parents aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. And you just think that you can do so much better on your own. And really, obviously, you can't. And that's what we find out later that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're wanting that. But that's really not what's going to be, you know. So it's really a kind of a typical teenage mentality there. So 14 seems about the right age that's being, you know, yeah. put in place. That's exactly it, Steve. I, I think that whole verse is a very realistic situation. I think it's very on par and accurate. Oh, yeah. Do, do um, you think it's autobiographical? I think I know it that is. you always like that kind of stuff. I think this whole song is. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it is because Taylor uh, has said in interviews. See, there's always two things I, I try and do with the discussion, Steve, which I know you're familiar with. But in case there happens to be any listeners. It, it happens to be any listeners. Any new listeners. listeners. Sorry. <laughs> If there's anybody listening to this show for the first time ever, there there's always two things we, we tend to kind of look at. And one is the interpretation from, like, where Taylor was writing it from, and the other being an interpretation if you had no idea who the author was. Right? Right. So right. I, I'm trying to see it from both perspectives. So from that perspective, Steve, you know, Taylor has said in interviews – that this was inspired by when she moved out. You know, that's what we mentioned earlier. So to answer your question, I know that was a long-winded answer, but I I think there's definitely hints of autobiographical material in here. Well, I think no matter, let's pretend we don't know who wrote this song, I think you could still tell this is about the author. Because it's just so specific to be made up to me. Okay, yeah. I'm, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Taylor remembers when she was a baby and wrapped her hand around her mom's well, finger or her dad's finger. <laughs> that's probably <but> made up. <laughs> yeah, that that part might be a little bit uh, fictional. Well, that, but yeah, this, how this maybe is definitely. She feels now, though. Yeah. I'm sorry? You know, that I, I think the first verse is how she's feeling now about the situation. And then the second verse is kind of when she starts reflecting back to what her life was like. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I see where you come from, Steve. Third verse, yeah. Yeah. Well, second verse, is third if you count the chorus as a verse, but yeah. yeah. So looking again at at some of the more specific lyrics, so we had that perceived problem, right? Like you want to – you're 14, you're big and bad, you want to move out and call your own shots, right? But then the next lines I find very interesting – because it's when it says, don't make her drop you off around the block, remember that she's getting older, too. Those two lines, or particularly the remember she's getting older, too, jumped out at me because, 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 because. Um, <laughs> it shows a lot of that growth we were talking about. And then it's sort of this realization because the first real adult problem comes into play. 
very subtly, but it kind of does. It's just sort of this moment where you realize mom's not going to be there forever. Yeah. And that's the first moment that this particular character realizes that. I don't know if I think, okay, I don't think the teenager character knows that. I think it's more the adult Taylor saying like, hey, hold on. Like, your mom is only going to be here for a certain amount of time. You can't be mean to her like this. Well, the, so the narrator. Yeah, the narrator. Okay. Yeah, that is probably right. Mm-hmm. No, that's probably right. I just think that's an important moment nonetheless. No, no, it is. It's really important. It's an important moment. Um, so then the final line of that, of course, is, and don't lose the way that you dance around in your PJs getting ready for school. And then I cry. There's, that's the line that always gets me. Because you danced around in your PJs. I did getting ready every for day. <laughs> it was so much fun. You still do. I do actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to live. Yeah. So well, you weren't one of those kids growing up that, you know, mom and dad come in and they're like, "Wake up! It's time for school." <sighs> no, no, that was school. no, that was me. But then I would eat breakfast, and I would go back upstairs to get ready for school and listen to music. Oh. Yeah, that's what I did. Okay. <laughs> didn't didn't your mom always come in and yell, up and at him? She did, actually. It was really annoying. I'm at him. <laughs> no, the, it took me the longest time to realize she wasn't saying, like, your name, Adam. <laughs> like, at them. That's what she meant. Like, up and get at them. Yes, but that that's what the expression actually is. Years is to understand them, that. But. all right so let's jump into the next chorus it it starts the same but then it goes into it ends with no one's ever burned you nothing's ever left you scarred and even though you want to just try to never grow up yeah sounds like bad blood there a little bit It, it does it sounds very harsh well why do you guys think the chorus had to change here a little bit I think just to add in more bad things that could happen to you when you grow up, just to spice up the song. It does, and that's why I find this song so fascinating, because it's such a subtle yet accurate evolution in sort of the story of this character, including two perspectives, sort of. It's got the, you know, the child and then... The adult narrator, yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's got a very it. interesting perspective that I want to talk about when we move farther along into the song. So when remind we get farther me. along. Yes, remind me. Remind me. Yes, just like that. That's a song. I know. <laughs> um, but what about those specifics? So no one's ever burned you. Nothing's ever left you scarred. Are the, uh, are those sort of the accurate? Uh, I guess things that happen to a fourteen-year-old. That's where yeah, it could happen. I mean, teenage drama, girls and boys can be mean. Life can suck. I don't know. Little that's... bro, life sucks. Get a helmet. Yes. <laughs> Trivia, Steve. What's that from? Mm, I don't know. Boy Meets World. Yes, Boy Meets World. Did you ever watch that? I, I did watch that show a lot, actually. It was a great show. It, it's kind of funny because I know it seems irrelevant, but that... Uh, happened to be an older brother giving advice to his younger brother. So it kind of reminds me of this song in a sense, because there's one sort of interpretation that can be taken out of this song. Yeah, sure. Well, it could sort of be. But, all right, next next part. 
Take pictures in your mind of your childhood room. Memorize what it sounded like when your dad gets home. Remember the footsteps. Remember the words said and all your little brother's favorite songs. I just realized everything I have is someday going to be gone. Me. <laughs> Me. What's up, Diane? What's on your mind there? It's just so sad. Like this this whole ad- adverse or part of the song is just, it just really gets you because, I mean, um, I guess I can start talking about the perspective thing here is I think it's cool when she uses the word you because it's almost like she's playing your memories of your childhood for you. She's like telling you what they were about and whatever and for me when I hear this song I see me and my dad and my mom and my sister because I don't have a brother and it just like really really tugs at your heartstrings do you guys have that same yeah it, it does because this is sort of um playing on the nostalgia factor yeah even though it's mm-hmm. sort of it, just the way it's told is almost like you know time machine Taylor talking to baby Taylor in the past um you know that's kind of the way it's it reads to me but yeah it's one of those things that's very visual mm-hmm. and you sort of take to heart yeah and then the last line when she says I just realized everything I have is someday is someday gonna be gone it's so sharp like it does not fit with the rest of the verse and because of that it's like whoa that's true all of those things that i have in love will someday not be here anymore exactly and beyond that diana i think that's an important line because you know again i'm talking about the you know the evolution development i feel like that one instance there that's the crossover so you have baby evolves into youth crosses over they just hit a point where they have that realization the adult realization of life changing and life being very different than it once was. Yeah. Why it's do like you a think, turning point. Why do you think she says, I just realized instead of you just realize everything you have is someday going to be gone? Why do you think she changed the pronoun? Look at you using English words. What's a pronoun? <laughs> words that go in place of a noun like I, you, um, okay. me, he, she, it. I was quizzing they. you them quizzing you so why (laughs) she changed it um that's a good question steve (laughs) i mean we can keep going if you guys don't know i i really want to talk about that point i think it's important actually it looks like it's really the line for the transition of the verses below yeah but it's at a very interesting point and i and i think that's you know that's the big part in life when you realize that that you know you get to a, a level where you know that at some point in time you're not going to be around here. Everybody that you love is not going to be around here anymore, and you got to cherish every one of those moments. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you get to that point in life, it changes your perspective. Yeah, Diane, I think it changes because I think it's a huge turning point in the in the song, not just in the evolution of the person, but sort of, um, you know, it just in turning point in the writing as well. Because up until that point. Um, it, it almost feels like, you know, obviously there's no such thing as Time Machine Taylor who can't, in fact, talk to Baby Taylor. Um, but it, it's almost as if she's talking to herself in her own head 
and sort of reminiscing on the past. Yeah. And this is our transition into future. So in in that. Or present even. Or present rather. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I was thinking that and said future for some reason. (laughs) My mind's in time travel mode. I just watched an episode of Doctor Who. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Is Um, this going to be what your director's chair of this one is going to be? Time Don't machine give him Taylor. ideas. <laughs> well, if we did, if we did director share, I feel like we we've started to get so in depth into the lyrics, we haven't even had time to do director share in a we long time. We haven't had time to do anything besides the main discussion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but the main discussion so juicy and awesome. That's I know, why. I know. I um, know. But where I was going with that, Steve, is, is if it were in fact my own director's chair perspective, which I won't get too in depth to, it it would almost be like you know up until that point is a memory, and that's where it flashes and sort of cuts into present. What do you think the effect is on us when we hear the song when she changes from you to I? Like, do you think that changes the emotion of the song? Because I think it makes it more intense for me. I think so, too, because I sort of implies something more personal. Even mm-hmm. though this whole song is extremely personal. Well, be, well, yeah, but the thing is, is if you're singing along, right, and you, you're repeatedly saying you, 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 your, your, you... And then all of a sudden you start singing to yourself, I just realized everything I have is going to be gone. Yeah. All, all of a sudden it makes it even more personal. It takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, and I, I think it almost changes, not really changes the message of the song, but the focus. Because the, um, in the first, I guess, like two-thirds of the song, she's talking about how she doesn't want this child to grow up and then in the middle she's like wait a second i don't want to grow up either right do you think that happens too um i mean maybe it's you know it it is what your interpretation is and it's whatever you make it out to be in your own mind when you're listening to it you know personally i i see this narrator and the child character being the same person Right. That's my interpretation as I see them being the same person rather than a narrator talking to a child. Right. Um, but if that's how you see it, then I, I don't you know, I see why see it can't be I almost see both ways at the same time, which doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> that yeah, makes I kind of no see it more Diane's way. Okay. You I, see it I, more like suspect- narrator talking to someone? Yeah, Steve? and I think a big part of that is the I just realized. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it's at that particular moment. So it's not su- such something that they're kind of building up for. It's just like, oh my gosh, boom. That's that's so per- kind of what I'm saying. So perhaps as as the narrator is talking to the baby, they have their own realization about their own life. Yes. Yeah. Or the child, I should say, because mm-hmm. it's not always a baby, the young person, the youth. I guess I can see both ways. Um. That's just not my personal interpretation, but I can see it. I definitely can see where you guys are coming from on that. Uh, like, the, uh, think, think about this for a second, Adam. So yeah. why do people like babies? I <laughs> Adam can't stand babies. Like babies. Okay. But why do people, Adam, if you could imagine a reason to like babies, why, do you, why would people like babies? If I – I don't know. I guess people – think they're cute they are okay cute. okay they're not cute they beyond, beyond cute, cry though. and stuff that's true that's gross and when they poop i don't like them either <laughs> <laughs> but but i i think you have to appreciate the innocence of a child i think that's really you know yeah the the cuteness but that part of that cuteness is just how they see everything 
the thing that gets yeah. me is like how shocked they are by things or how much they think things are like really cool it's like wow that's amazing just the like childlike way of seeing the world gets me the wonder it's cool the innocence as steve said yes yeah and as i said way earlier this entire song being about a loss of innocence which is again the enter entering of adulthood so that next uh little verse there is is a little bit of shorter verse and yet again, it sets a new scene. So here I am in my new apartment in a big city that just dropped me off. So now we know exactly where the character is. However, it's an I, right? Yeah. Like Diane was pointing out, which is why I still see earlier in the song being the same character, but rather in the past where this is current version mm-hmm. of that character. Um, because it continues the evolution from baby to teenager to moving out on your own. Um, then it, they say, it's so much colder than I thought it would be. So I tucked myself in and turned my nightlight on. So <laughs> reappearance of the nightlight. Yeah. Um, if you compare that last line, so I tucked myself in and turned my nightlight on, to the line that's in the first verse, so I tuck you in and turn on your favorite nightlight, it's instead of a child being tucked in by a person who loves them it's just they have to tuck them in themselves and they have to turn their own nightlight on and just like being alone well i believe steve i think it was you that mentioned earlier that you see the nightlight as sort of being symbolic for like a shield the thing that protects the person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so going off of that theory then in that particular line now that this character has moved into adulthood they are noticing that they have to protect themselves now. They don't have Ooh. the shield unless they put it up themselves. That's a good one. Ooh, I like that. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Now, the line before it, however, I think there's a lot to also. It's so much colder than I thought it would be. Um, You know, I, I think that shows the irony I was talking about earlier about can't wait to move out and someday call your own shots. This is where that irony hits, where it's like, it's so much colder than I thought it would be. It's they realized that... It's not as great as they thought it would be. Yeah, it's not as glamorous being out on your own and calling your own shots as they once thought it would be. Um, Not what the teenager thought it would be anyway. And getting even more specific down to one single word, colder. It's so much colder than I thought it would be. Why do you guys think that word is in place as opposed to it's so much different than I thought it would be? It's so much better. It's so much worse. Because different, worse doesn't tell you how it's different or worse. Colder really carries a lot of weight, I think, in a small amount of space. Like you can imagine her being alone and she's cold because she's alone or it's just it it just feels unsafe too the word cold that's exactly what it's getting at the word colder it's sort of the the, i guess the um, implications of what it means so you said colder means i mean physically colder that's one physically colder but then on a deeper level it also means unsafe alone scary yeah dark I don't know. I picture coldness as dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like the absence of warmth and light. Can you guys think of any other descriptors for that? I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think I just thought that was really important to uh, point out that particular word choice there because. I, I think another interesting one is the line before it too. About in, in a big city, they just dropped me off. 
And that actually ties into the 14-year-old verse about being dropped off by the mom. Oh, my God. I never noticed that. I didn't notice That's why we keep Steve around. Oh, that's awesome. (gasps) Taylor Swift is a genius. Like, she tied in all of the above verses in four lines. That that is beautiful. I just, I'm in awe right now. (laughs) Well, that's why I said earlier, this has, you know, and I'm sure there's even more things that we're missing, but... Like, this just has one of the most unique structures of any song she's ever written, and it's just really, really special in that sense because there are things like that little Adam, hidden gem. you should teach this song to your class next year. I should to teach it to my graders. class next year? Yeah, teach it to your ninth graders. Should I assign this podcast? There's one way to make our downloads no, go up. No, no. <laughs> just be like, will... you have to listen to the no, podcast. Everybody go home and download it. I don't want them to listen, but just teach this song to them. That's, that's amazing. Why? Because there's just so much in it. Teach it to your mm-hmm. class. They're only in sixth grade. They're not going to get it. They're still the little <laughs> kids. They're, they're not even 14 they, they yet. They still like, have their little <laughs> hand wrapped around your finger. Yeah. <laughs> they're not there yet. They haven't hit that The, the only yet. thing I may have done differently, though, is we were talking about the word colder. Mm-hmm. The word quieter would have been good there, too. It's so much quieter than I thought it would be. Right. Because I, especially when you're alone. Yeah, but see, this just Steve, I, hold on, Steve. The problem with using quiet is she used it at the beginning to mean something positive. She said, and it's so quiet in the world tonight. That's what I was going to say, not in that word where it tied back to the beginning like you, but I was going to say quiet sort of can be interpreted as meaning relaxed, like in a in a happy place. But, yeah, but I if see you put you all mean, the words Steve. together, though, and it's like. It's so much quieter than I thought it would be. That doesn't always sound real good. And and the reason I'm trying to tie it in is in the previous verse, especially with remember the footsteps, remember the words, remember uh, your little brother's favorite songs. Mm-hmm. All those things are all audio based. You know, it's stuff oh. that you're hearing. So using quieter there would have tied into that verse nicely. Because when you're there and it's just you and it's silent and you're not hearing your dad's footsteps and you're not hearing your brother playing his songs and hearing people talking, that's why I like quieter. That's a fair point, Steve, and I really like that. However, not to get too technical on you, but because it is, in fact, a song, it has to flow a certain way and colder is two syllables where quieter is three. It's so much quieter. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, you could say quieter, but that sounds a little bit weird. But no, she could have said it's much quieter. She could have taken out so. I, I guess I'm just being technical at that point, but I see exactly where Steve's getting at, where everything up above is sort of auditory and. Yeah, um, that's interesting. But cold, sort of in my mind anyway, still implies quiet. Mm-hmm. Like a yeah, cold, it, dark yeah, room, you would think that's is just, quiet and. Just another idea. Of. Yeah. No, it's a great thought. It is. I can see exactly where you're coming from, and I like the way it works with the verse before it a lot. But Taylor wrote it this way. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be too picky, but, you know. All right, next couple lines there. Wish I'd never grown up. I wish I'd never grown up. The big realization. She finally figures it out. Childhood is better. (laughs) Um, Something I really think is strong about this part in the song is when you listen to it i don't know if the 
music completely stops, but there's just a very significant pause where she's like, I wish I'd never grown up. And it just sounds so like pleading and sad and uh, it just breaks my heart. It's because she's in the cold, quiet room tucking herself in. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's an interesting feeling, but that's, I don't know. It's just, it's it's an important, it's sort of an important punchy moment in the song. Yeah, definitely. Because it definitely signifies that final realization. It's sort of like that final loss of innocence where it's like an adult mm-hmm. responsibility. Yeah. Paying so, bills. So I guess, I guess what, what I'm thinking of is when we had in the, the previous verse there, I just realized everything... I had someday be gone. It's kind of like the realization. And then yeah. this one is kind of the regret. Um, yeah, it kind of sounds like that, doesn't it? Like the, the way she sings it, it's almost like saying she wished she hadn't done something, even though growing up is something that she had no control over. You can't really regret growing up. I mean, maybe you can regret not appreciating what you had as much right yeah i i think that's what it is is the realization of of that mm-hmm. and the regret hmm. of such i like that yeah i like it i then, see it just going as different phases as you said the different verses seems to be a different time frame or a different you know well the whole song seems to be an evolution which is why even looking at the choruses, I mean, this is one of the few songs we actually go through every chorus because each chorus changes. changes. And it ends on a chorus that is yet again different. Um, you know, it says, oh, I don't want to grow up. Wish I'd never grown up. I could still be little. Uh, I don't want to grow up. Wish I'd never grown up. It could still be simple. You know, oh, darling, don't you ever grow up? Don't you ever grow up? Just stay this little. So it repeats that part. Um, what else is different here? Won't let nobody hurt you. Won't let no That's one break your heart. Even though you want to, please try to never grow up. Um, so that whole like last chorus to me is almost like thinking back in, in in happy memories, fond memories rather, but like thinking back to sort of that invincibility of being a child. Because do you guys remember as a kid when it seemed like your parents could fix anything in the world? Like, no matter what problem you had, they could fix it. Right. So In theory. It, back then, they could. Yeah. Back then, that's what, it, that's what it seemed like. I was absolutely convinced my parents could fix anything in the world for me. Like, if I ever had an issue, they could fix it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean by, like, the invincibility of childhood is, is you know, sort of thinking back and reminiscing on that feeling that's – that feeling that you can't be hurt you're you're unbreakable because you have that protection and so are you saying you think the last um verse here the closing of the song is what's the mood here it's just thinking back it's sort of it's a weird mood when you when you look at it it's a weird mood because it's thinking back fondly on childhood but at the same time being sad about the present and the absence of that childhood so dare I say it's both happy and sad? It's very nostalgic. Where are you getting at happy? I'm, I'm kind of confused on the happy part. Yeah, I don't see happy. I guess happy might not be the right choice of words necessarily, but it's 
you know, when things were simple, it's just sort of reading between the lines because it's talking about, you know, it could still I could still be little. It could still be simple. That's sort of reminiscing on a happy time in life. So I guess it was wrong to say that the mood was happy as opposed to it's thinking back about a happy time. So she's sad that she no longer has that happy time. That's where you're getting happy. Right. But yeah, I think that's that's why it makes sense that at the beginning she's talking or at least thinking about this to a child and not reflecting back on her own baby Taylor sort of thing. Wait, can you repeat that? (laughs) Sorry. One more time for us, Steve. (laughs) So so this was where the split was between what Adam was thinking and what Diane was thinking Uh about how this is structured with their, the beginning was about a baby that Taylor was you know interacting with right as opposed to adam was thinking it was baby taylor Uh uh-huh and that's why i think especially at the end here it kind of wraps it up correctly that it's not taylor reflecting back on her own youth but actually with a child like somebody's child or her own child or something like that okay Mm mm-hmm I don't like it because it, it's trying to prove me wrong. I understand that. But I mean, you have the first two lines where they're, you know, the person is saying about, I wish I never grown up. I wish I could still be little. I wish it still could be simple. And then all of a sudden it switches the tense again. And then it says, oh, darling, don't you ever grow up? Don't you ever grow up? Just stay this little. I mean, if you've already passed that point, you're really not going to be able to go back in time and do that. So. No, so, but the the narrator oh, the narrator's talking to herself. I don't think or so. Or it could be Taylor realized that she wishes she had never grown up. So therefore because she's having these feelings, she wants this child to not grow up even more. Yeah, but the the child in question is not baby <laughs> Taylor. That's what I'm But saying. where where then is this random child coming from? Because the song was written as the inspiration of, of her or from the inspiration point of her moving out on her own and her growth. Well, Adam, it could come from imagination. It's just it's just a like like a theoretical imaginary baby. So it's like if she could give advice to someone, here it is. Yeah. Like give advice to baby Leo. I told you it's like she knew. Steve, this song came out five years before Leo was born. Uh, that's a good job by Taylor. <laughs> that's talent. Oh my. oh, my. Add that to the many list of Taylor talents, psychic ability. Can predict when babies will move out of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if we can start to wrap up this song. One yeah. last thing I kind of wanted to point out in that last chorus is, you know, earlier in one of the choruses, it says, even though you want to, just try to never grow up. Now it changes it to please try to never grow up. So to me, it's almost like a pleading. It's almost like the last phase in the development of this character where it's like the old and wise phase where she finally realizes like saying, please try. It's like you can't. Yeah. It's sort of saying it. It's it's the wishful thinking. It's the whatever it is, but you just cannot actually do it. Mm -hmm. So if this song was a movie. It would be Peter Pan. Yes. I know. I was thinking Peter Pan earlier, and I, I just sort of... It's a very Peter pan Never song. brought it up. I love Peter Pan. 
Peter Pan. Peter Pan makes me cry too. Peter Pan. Kelsey Ballerini has a song called Peter Pan. Although yes, that but that's about it? immature yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's well, that's not what you think. <laughs> it's still called Peter Pan. <laughs> very true. Um, so I guess that more or less wraps it up. Uh, again, I think this is one of the coolest songs Taylor's ever written. Just the, showing the evolution of a character and so many deeper meanings to the song. And like I said earlier, I think there are things that we even missed in the song. I'm sure. So if you have a part of the song that you really like or that you want us to hear your thoughts about it please let us know yeah the place um, to go on do a that scale is... of one to 13 steve's trying to push us along that's okay i know i was trying i was trying to say we're, one last we're thing we're getting was, close to an hour here. i know but i was simply trying to say i know it's it's steve's like wanting to go to bed it's uh what past midnight there you got work in the morning Twelve thirty. Uh, yeah. hey, only twelve thirty. But just real quick, if you do have any comments of the song, taylortalk.org slash episode 189. You can go down to the bottom of the show notes for the comment thread and leave comments if you find anything in the song, any little golden nuggets that we missed. Yes. So, Steve, as you were saying? Uh, on a scale of 1 to 13, Adam, what would you rate this song? 13! Nice. Why do you even ask him anymore? 13. I think Taylor writes the best songs when she writes them by herself. Ooh. Steve? I'm going to have to go 13. All right. Um, Diane, I do agree that she writes best on her own. At or, least lyrically. Or with anyway. Liz Rose. I approve of Liz Rose. <laughs> Liz is okay. So is Jack Antonoff. Oh, yeah. He's cool, too. I approve of him. All righty. So something I think we forgot on the last episode <laughs> our little mini segment here you know your swifty when so steve if you wouldn't mind sharing with us the first one that would be wonderful okay the first one comes from rachel via email you know you're a swifty when you're at the gym and you always pick locker number 13 i used to do that at the gym of course you did um this next one comes from chloe via email you know you're a swifty when you bring taylor when you bring taylor posters on vacation so you can hang them up in your guest room that Whoa. is dedication. I have yet to travel with any of my Taylor swag. Are you worried that they will get bent in the process of travel? Because that's what I'd be afraid of. They could. That would be unfortunate, wouldn't it? W would we consider this to be the equivalent of maybe someone with like a nightlight? Because think about that. If you're going and staying when you're on vacation in the guest room, nothing makes it feel like your bedroom more than having stuff that's in your bedroom. So this is brilliant. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that, I might have to try to get better hotel night sleep because of doing something like this now. <laughs> That's awesome. You going to bring your Taylor posters along, Steve? Well, I, or some, I don't know. Just something to remind me of my room. So then I have you know, a your teddy bear? like your room. I don't um, have a teddy bear. Have now. you guys ever done that thing where you put a poster on the ceiling so when you wake up you can see the poster? As a kid, I had posters on my ceiling, yeah. I did that with a poster of the Jonas Brothers. And I'm sorry. I, I That's scary. <laughs> no. I wouldn't want to wake up to that. I woke up and I was like, I don't like this. And I freaked it down. <laughs> it was creepy. All right. The posters are staring at you. That's always creepy. Yeah, I did. I didn't like it. Creepy. All right. Next one from at swiftly underscore clean on Twitter who says, you know you're Swifty when you're spending your birthday weekend with Taylor at her last U.S. show. Party! Party! Diane saw Taylor on her 22nd birthday. I did. And she's having a show on my birthday again this year, but I'm not going. No, you're not going to that. No, that's no. okay. Okay. 
And the next one comes via email from Zinnia. If Swifties ruled the world, Heartbreak would be the national anthem, and we'd sing it proudly. Ooh, nice yeah. one. Zinnia's a cool name. That is cool. Sorry, just side note there. Um, this one comes from Emily Jenk, or Emmy Jenk, actually. You know you're a Swiftie when you go buy a share a Diet Coke with Taylor and end up bringing Andrea, Scott, Austin, and Meredith still need Olivia. Oh, end up buying. Buying. How did not, you not find all those? You just search. That is a lot of places to look for. Do they actually make all of those? or uh, You can get your own custom ones, too, can't you? You can, I think you can, but yeah, they, they do have quite a few names available in stores. And they also have obscure names sometimes, which is really nice for that one person. For the people that usually can't find their name on yeah. a keychain. Very nice. <laughs> I, I always see all those Adam keychains everywhere. That's like probably the, one of the most common ones it's out there. It's very common. Pretty, pretty common name, I think. Yeah. Yes. But there's I'm not only the one only Adam one, that's awesome. Yes, awesome Adam. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, Amelia emailed us and said, you know your Swifty when? You bought a Taylor Swift coloring book online. Yes, it's real. You should get that for your nieces, Adam. Hey, surprise for everybody listening, too. What? Amelia sent me the link of where you can buy it, so Diane is going to put it in the show notes for you guys. TaylorTalk.org slash episode 189. You'll find the link there, and you'll be able to buy your own coloring book if you want. Very nice. Let's do it. Uh, the next one comes from Twitter from Sunsets underscore Swift. You know you're a Swifty when you have more pictures of Taylor on your camera roll than anything else. <laughs> that tends to happen, especially if you go to a concert. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, here's the block of Taylor videos and pictures. Yup. All right. And this last one comes from Mag underscore Taylor. You know you're Swifty when everyone automatically associates anything Taylor with you. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. My life. Yes. The story of Diane's life. Mm. Oh, and mine as well. Thank you to everybody who sent those in. Keep them coming for future episodes. Remember, guys, you can either finish the line, you know your Swifty win, or if Swifties ruled the world, and we'll be able to read them right here on the show. One last thing before we go. Actually, there's two last things. But, Diane, can you tell us what's coming up on Taylor's calendar in the near future? Yes. Um, well, the 1989 tour is continuing its tour of the world on August 4th and 5th. Uh, she'll be in Edmonton, Canada. And on August 8th, she'll be in Seattle. On August 14th and 15th, she will be in Santa Clara, California. And then on the 15th, it is also my birthday. Not too subtle a plug there, Diane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and look, she's even going to be playing in your home state and you're not going. How dare you? Wow. I, I know. Way to make me feel guilty. You should feel guilty. And it's a Where's Saturday. It's not like you have anything else to do. I know. It's just my birthday. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hope you guys caught all those dates. If not, hit the little rewind button there. You can catch them again. Thank you, Diane, for reading those. You're welcome. Yeah, welcome. Now the last thing before we go, a couple shout-outs to give. Thank you so much to the people who have given us uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. Sarah from the UK says she's been listening to podcasts for over three years now, and it's still her favorite podcast uh, because Ooh. of how much effort and work we put into it and all the information about Taylor That's and so nice. helping her understand the, the music better and her songwriting. And Oh, it keeps going. I'm out of breath. <laughs> thank you, breath. Sarah. Thank you, thank you. Um, that is in the uh, UK store there. So just a little reminder if anybody is in a country that is not the U.S. We can't actually see your reviews to give you a shout-out if you don't email them into us like Sarah did. 
Um, then two more reviews from here in the U.S. store. No, it's Becky13 says, This podcast is by far the best Taylor Swift podcast I've listened to. I'm not bored at all listening to it as I have been with previous ones. I highly recommend Taylor Talk if you're looking for a good podcast dedicated to Taylor. Yay, us! So one's not bored, that's good. Yes. Thank you, No, it's Becky13 for not being bored. That's no- funny because right now I'm wearing my No, it's Becky t-shirt. That is funny. That is funny. How funny. How funny. And the last one is from Robin, who gave us 13 out of 13. Thank you, Robin. That's so nice. Um, I love it. For Taylor fans, this is our thing we look forward to every week, especially Adam's jokes. What? And she said, just kidding, wanting to make you feel better. (laughs) Well, you made me feel better until you said you were just kidding. Um, And Diane and Sammy, and love us some Steve, too. Yay. Yes. Yay, Steve. Yay, Steve. I have a fan. (laughs) <laughs> so thank you again robin no it's becky 13 and sarah those were very very nice um guys if you could please uh subscribe rate and review the podcast you can take a little shortcut link taylortalk.org slash itunes that takes you straight to our itunes page where you can rate us review us and subscribe the subscription button will get you every single new episode as it's published downloaded straight to your iphone ipod computer whatever the case may be Um, rating and reviewing us really really helps us because you guys can give us feedback on what you like what you don't like that way we can keep the show going and make it even better for you guys so again taylortalk.org slash itunes is where you can do that thank you all for listening to episode 189 it's been an absolute blast talking to you remember please contact us if you want to contact us you can contact us if you want to <laughs> it's late leave me alone i'm so tired um but taylortalk.org slash or taylortalk.org slash contact has all of our contact methods um if you have a quick memory you can follow us on twitter at taylortalk13 you can email us podcast at taylortalk.org and all the rest again taylortalk.org slash contact they're all there for you if twitter and email don't work so again thank you for listening really appreciate it for episode 189 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. This has been Adam, Diane, and Steve. Saying, have a great fortnight, guys. We'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. Take care. Did I use Fortnite correctly? You used Fortnite correctly. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift. <laughs>